Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Hey, hey, welcome to this episode of I Date Money. I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan, the wealth activator. And we are here today with Nikisha King to talk about activating wealth, 10xing your profit. She is the founder and CEO of Nikisha King Collective, a brand with a mission to help women entrepreneurs find financial freedom. They're using their creative in their business. So welcome, Nikisha. Thank you so much for being here. Excited to hear your money story and all the things that you did to be on that roller coaster ride. So tell us, going back to little Nikisha, what's your first childhood memory with money? Thank you for having me. I appreciate it, Lisa. And when you asked that question, the first thing came up for me was when I'm a 1980s baby. So um, Baby Alive was new. I don't know if everyone remembered. They had two versions, a color person of color and a white. And I remember it was Christmas and I wanted to have one. And I felt like when I asked for one, my mom and dad, I don't remember because they're separated. So my mom was a single parent. I was younger. And I remember her mentioning she couldn't get it, right? Because I think it was $100 or so in that time. And I remember in requesting anything when I was younger, I would hear all of the money don't grow on trees. Why do you think I have that? Right. All the negative things that I think so many business owners from that era is familiar with. Right. And, um, it's so funny because when I think of my past, I got the spiel about money doesn't grow on trees limited. You know, we don't have that. That's not a possibility. But at the end of the day, under the Christmas tree, the gift would be there, right? Mm -hmm. So it was amazing because they did share that scarcity with me, but they still gave me the thing I was asking for. And to think about that is like, then why, why do we have to make the big deal about it? <laughs> why we had to go through all of that? But I realized being a person of color, knowing that one, we, in, we had slavery, right? A place of scarcity. you never got paid for your work. You were always abused, right? Knowing I have that in my history, knowing that in the U S we had the great depression, save all your money, save it under your bed. Don't trust the banks anymore. There is not enough. People were losing so much. All these States that had to do with financials, my parents had a past where their money mindset was limited. 
right? Mm -hmm. So knowing that they had to go through the spiel, even though they gave me what I asked for every time. And it's so interesting because when I was in high school, the way I would get the things like the cool clothes or the things that I wanted was my grades. I was on a reward system, but we never said that. <laughs> my mom <laughs> never said that, but that's what was happening where I would get the good grades and she would then give me my leather coat or my name, my my necklace with my name plate on it. And it's so interesting because before I went through my transformation from scarcity to abundance, I used to think we were poor because we lived in housing. We lived in public housing. Um, it was a two bedroom. It wasn't a one bedroom, which was so interesting because I, I, I never seen all of that while I was living it. Mm -hmm. I never seen coming into this home. Yes. I lived in a place that we had violence, we had drugs, but my home was clean. My home was comfortable. I had all my toys. Um, so when I think of it and how you brought it up for me, yes, there was a lot of money challenges is challenges then. But in reality, when I look at it, hindsight, which is the gift of life, like hindsight, it wasn't really that bad when it came to money. But my parents is very, very like, we don't have it. Money doesn't grow on trees. I heard it all. So I'm very familiar with that as well. Yeah, me too. Borrowing from Peter to pay Paul was always our thing. And, you know, it's funny because I grew up, I was born into a rich family, but then my parents divorced and then we were poor and then we were rich again and was like poor, rich, poor, rich. And we kind of went this feast or famine cycle. And both of my parents were entrepreneurs and I was always confused about my mom was always saying, well, money doesn't grow on trees and we have to borrow from Peter to pay Paul. And I'd be like, who's Peter and who's Paul and why money does grow on trees because it's made out of paper. And she used to call me a smart aleck. <laughs> yes. so You're true. such a smart aleck. You know, children should be seen and not heard. <laughs> of course, I grew yeah. up in the seventies, but when you think about that, you know, there, that's a very common belief is that even though we have abundance now, like, you know, your parents wanted to gift you with that special toy that you desired and the cost, you know, a hundred dollars was outrageous. Right. Right. They, and they complained and they still did it. And I, I, so many of my clients are like that. They're like, Oh, the cost of healthcare is outrageous. Okay. Well you have $2 million. You have an HSA, you have an RMA, like what is it that you're like fearful of? And it's so funny. And like, especially people who are um, towards the end of their careers are getting ready to retire or they're first newly in retirement. They have this, they go back to that scarcity mindset because the income doesn't come in the way it used to. It gets to be more steady. And, you know, even if they have multiple income streams coming in. So thinking about that, you know, as a, as a beautiful coach, who's working in expanding territories and helping people multiply their money. What is the one tool that you use that helps you say, okay, I'm not going to revert back to my heritage. My, I call it the generational curse because we all have those curses yeah. in our bloodstream. What is the one tool that you use that helps you redirect those mm. deep conscious thoughts? It's called a book. It's a book and it's called a happy pocket full of money. And it has been my transformation and I read it consistently and it has taught me how to one focus or pay attention to my thoughts. 
And that's why I became a certified coach because we work in the T line thoughts. We don't work in the symptoms, the actions. I work in the T line. And every day, the book also had taught me how to visualize my future because I don't know about you guys out there, but if someone asks you, what's your vision for your company? you feel uncomfortable thinking about it because the first thing you have or first thought you have is it's not going to work, right? Mm -hmm. You think you're making up a fiction story and that's like a lie. So you can't even pass the process of thinking this. And if you think this, and we ask you to get real detail, what are you wearing? What do you smell when you walk into the space? You are going to struggle because in your mind, you're making something up. And I'm like, yeah, like make it up. And keep making it up every day. So for me, this book has taught me how to see with a different peer of a lens, taking off my generational lens, telling them, thank you. And deciding that I want to actually live my today lens on every day. I'm wearing my today lens. I don't want to wear my yesterday. And sometimes I put on my future because I have a great time there, but then I take it off and put my present on because I'm creating my future with my present thoughts. So that book has been a big, big, big part in my transformation. Um, The other thing I do too is thought work. Every morning before I turn my computer, I sit at my desk and I'm usually here for eight to 10 hours at my desk. But in the morning, any thoughts I have, any thoughts about projects I'm working on, if someone annoyed me and I'm overwhelmed and I feel uncomfortable, I write that down. And when I write it down, it's never about them. I don't focus on people. People can be who they are. I don't control anyone. I don't have any ability to control anyone, but I have my thoughts about people. And then I have to look at my thoughts, right? Because when I look at my thoughts, why am I feeling this way? This person told me their their coaching program is 5,000. I don't go, it's too expensive. They're out of their mind. I go, well, why are you thinking it's too expensive? Why does this 5,000 feel uncomfortable? And then when I realize that I go, because I'm not trusting that I'm getting the value. There's something they're not telling me that I don't feel like it's worth it. I'm questioning this because I may not have enough at this moment, enough clients, enough leads. So I'm like, do I really want to put myself in this position? And I'm questioning me. And then Mm -hmm. I have to do my thought work about that. And I do, I do thought downloads. And then at the end of it, I go, listen, is this going to get me another 5,000 if I invest 5k? And I go, yes, it will, because it will help me do this, this and that, then just do it because you can generate money easily right? Mm Because that's the thought I have now. In the past, I didn't have that. And once again, that thought was given to me by the book I read. I had to do a lot of mindset shifts. I had to change the way I see, like see the world. And Mm -hmm. that was pretty much what has gotten me where I'm at today, where I'm making six figures and I'm helping other women professionals make six figures because I always ask, why not? Why are you sacrificing so much And you're not getting why you even started this business. Because if you ask a lot of business owners, why did you start a business? They wanted financial freedom to be able to make whatever they want. And Mm -hmm. I think if that's what you wanted, why are you not actually aiming towards that? Why are you not making investments? Because they have their generational money mindset and it makes them scared. And I'm just Mm -hmm. like, man, to, to want freedom, but then find yourself imprisoned by these mm-hmm. old mindsets in the business you're creating, you know? So that tool, happy pocket full of money was pretty much my, 
my initial start for my transformation. Oh, I love that. Thoughts are the most powerful tool that we have. And I'm a certified aromatherapy practitioner. So I bring in essential oils to accelerate the thought process to get deep into the root cause of our subconscious to find out why and what drives us. You know, like I have on my website, the money dating game, there's seven money archetypes and we all have all seven of them in us, but there's always that one driver that dictates that decision process. And we use that fear. So I love that you have this beautiful tool that helps you stay focused when you are getting these thoughts because they don't go away. So many, you know, and I think the message out there is that so many hear, oh, I'm just working on my mindset and I'll be good. But no, it's when you combine the mindset, those thoughts to create that feeling and that action, that's where you're going to see the change. And I love the visualization. That's something we do in my program, in the accelerator program is visualize like, where do you want to be with money? Imagine money as a person. What's your relationship look like? Like, are you whining and dining? Are you guys, you know, one night stands? Like what's going on with the two of you? And coming to a place to partner with money so that you, you know, you're multiplying it and managing it in a way where it feels good. It's aligned with your core value. So I haven't heard of the book. I'm actually going to have to get it and read it because I I love how that just captivates the thoughts. And when we do that, it is so powerful and it does, it just change us. We're so used to focusing on the negative. When you think about your transition and how you utilize this tool to help you get to the next level. What is the biggest challenge that you have personally? My biggest challenge personally that I have is how can I make this information so simple that when I speak to all the people I connect with, all the potential leads, right? All the potential clients, how can I let them hear what I know, right? Because there's moments where you grow as a human being. And every time you grow, (laughs) sometimes it feels like it's very challenging to communicate. It feels like I speak a whole new language. And when I speak, people don't understand me. And I'm like, this is peculiar. Like, so I'm always thinking, how can I make my language very basic? And I have two young daughters who are eight, no, I'm lying, nine. And one is going on 12. One is a sixth grader. Yeah. So she helps me because they ask me questions about my business. And if I can explain it to them and they understand, then I have the language to explain it to any adult, right? And um, that's usually my challenge because there are so many business owners who are in fear. Every decision they make is through fear. And their fear is this made up lie about all the negative things that can happen if they make this decision. Mm -hmm. And it's so amazing to see someone go through it because I usually speak to clients and when I ask them, well, what makes you scared to do this? They create a whole narrative, a whole story. And at the end of the day, they're scared of failing. And then I go, well, if you're scared of failing, but you never failed because you never did it, how do you know you're actually going to fail? Like I'm confused. Like where's the evidence? Mm -hmm. Where is this story and narrative coming from? And are you not inquisitive? Cause I'm inquisitive. If I think sense going to feel, I want to see if it's going to feel, so I'm going to do it. Cause I need to know, is it going to give me something good or is it going to create something not good? Mm. And at the end of the day, how are you seeing the word fail? 
for me, my transformation no longer sees failure as failure. It's a learning experience. So Mm -hmm. before my transformation, how it worked for me, making up, for example, a lead magnet, right? Was one of my toughest things. So if you're out there and you can make lead magnets, like there's no tomorrow, congratulations to you. But before (laughs) when I had to make a lead magnet, I thought it wouldn't do well. I'm like, no one's going to want this. No one's going to click on it. Right. No one's going to take this. And what that created me is not to create it. I stopped right away. Done. I'm Mm -hmm. like, no one's getting this. No one's taking it. And now I was kind of put in a position to create a lead magnet. Mine is called the red carpet experience. And, and it's kind of like a five day challenge. And it's always funny because you think I would do a lead magnet. That's a one page PDF, right? No, I'm always extra. I got to do a video. I have emails. I don't know, but that's what it is. And in creating it, it was very interesting because I had to create content and then I had to create the email copy. Then I had to schedule them. And every time someone signs up for it, they go through the process. I went through the process myself to make sure everything's working. So it's never easy, but it was something that when I did it and people get it, then what I realize is I'm actually giving value. I'm helping someone on their journey because I got my act together and I did Mm it right. So think of all of the people out there who are stopping themselves based on the fact they think they're going to fail. Mm-hmm. I usually tell my clients feel fast, please. I don't want to go through like months and I don't want you to be in my six month program. And by the fourth month, you finally failed. And we only got two months left. Like, can exactly. we all, let's just fail in the whole first month. And then we have like five months, like to, you know, get on board. Exactly. Fail fast. And the more you fail, you realize it's really not failing. You're just learning at a higher rate. And now you're so much more capable of doing anything you know? And that has been really fun for me. Um, now when I create things, I'm usually not thinking about the feeling part I'm creating and be like, Oh my God, how many people this is going to help? Oh my goodness. I can just give this away. When people ask me, I could just be like, Oh my goodness, this is like a great get unstuck in yourselves. Here you go. Here's my presentation about row. I got something called row and it just feels good to have it available rather than not ever produce it you know? So that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of doubt. I, I work with a lot of clients that create these programs and they're not confident in their pricing or their offers and they'll have their freebies. Like, it's like, well, my coach told me to have a freebie. Yeah. Your lead magnet. What, what is it that's going to grab your client's attention? And well, I don't know if it's good enough. And they do, there's that self value, that self-worth. And I always say as a wealth activator, I've been in finances and insurance since 1987. I see regardless of where people come from or where they're at, they all have the same belief. You know, is there ever, is there going to be enough? And am I doing enough? Like, and instead of like focusing on like, what have I done? Like I have six steps every single day. They're non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. And I just like little lives in my Facebook group sharing the six steps and I, I created a PDF. I'm the one page girl. I like things short and sweet, right? Yes. And the quickest I can get you for the information, like, you know, I'm like, oh, like, let's do a video. Let's do that. And, and just like bite-sized pieces, right? Like our attention span is 30 seconds or less. Yes. And when you think about that, like the six steps are so, it's a non-negotiable because every single day, there's certain things that we should be doing to help us get to the next level. And one of the most important one, well, they're all important, but 
one of the ones is, is to reflect on your accomplishments. And instead of focusing on those negative things, what was great about it? Mm-hmm. Like if I was a bird's eye view looking at this lead magnet, what value am I getting from it? And it's so, so important in your own program. And when you think about the financial freedom, that term is used, overly used, <laughs> you know, and visualizing what does financial freedom look for you? And I liked how you referred earlier in the conversation to it as you know, people feel imprisoned. They come into entrepreneurship thinking, this is going to be it. I'm going to make, you know, six figures. I'm going to be my own boss. But they don't understand what the back end is like, what we need to do to keep going and to be our own cheerleader. And one of the things is to do your own program. But for you, when you're in that journey, I mean, we all start off as solopreneurs. We all start with zero and we have to build up. And, you know, for me, I've been on hundreds and hundreds of sales calls and not everyone closes. And when you think about that, when you look at the numbers and I always say money does not want to be a number, but if you don't track your numbers, that's one of the six steps, you're not going to know what's going on. So when you think about it, I know pre-show we talked about um, profit first, you had set up your bank account, you read the book. When you think about taking the action steps to implement the profit first loans, how diligent are you in separating those finances, your back end, so that you can build out that profit? And then what are you doing with your profit? How are you investing them? So one, being diligent means actually the action, doing it, right? Not listening to the book, hearing it and going, that's a great idea next. No one usually takes the books, transfer the knowledge into wisdom. Knowledge into wisdom is knowledge you take in. Wisdom is the act of doing it, the experience, right? Now you're creating something with it. So when mm-hmm. I read it, I wanted to put it in play, which meant I had to do work. I had to go find a bank, a business bank that allowed me to have five accounts without paying fees, right? I didn't want to go to a commercial bank because every checking account you have with a, li- a little minimum or whatever there's a fee associated with it. And I didn't want to do fees. So I had to do the extra step because I didn't want to do that. I had to go find a bank that didn't have fees and I found it. Then I had to set it up. The part that I was challenged with was the percentages. When I got money in that percent allocation, I'm like, how does this work? Because every time I did, I was like, this is just too much here. I need some there and I will move it manually. So that Mm -hmm. was the part where I had to keep practicing where today I'm a little bit better, but I want to be even more better. Like you say, tracking. When I receive the profit and it's quarterly that you get that profit and you get to disperse it to yourself personally and not Mm -hmm. back in the business, because that's how you're supposed to be, you know, learning through profit first. It was the experiences that my family and I could have. So one Mm -hmm. for me was horseback riding. My two girls been doing horseback riding for a year plus. And when I think of them doing it, there is a place either in Montana or the Midwest, I forgot where specifically they do hacking and hacking is when you go riding into like sun, you know, sundown or whatever the case is. And you're with a group of riders and you're comfortable and being a visualized person now that I have that gift, right. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to go hacking with my girls. I wanted to get on a horse and not be uncomfortable. And I can actually take that journey with them. So my profit went to taking horseback riding classes right? Ooh, I love learning, that. Yeah. Learning how to bond with this animal. That's very big. Cause when I first seen my heart was beating, you know, they can read our energy. And I was like, Oh my God, this thing is big, 
But then learning how to trust it, learning how to want to bond with it. Because when I get on its back, I'm respecting it. It's not like I'm just jumping on your back and doing what I want, but I'm learning how to take care of you so you can take care of me, right? Mm -hmm. Just like business, which I love. Um, So that was one of the experiences we had. The other experiences I had was I like taking vacations and going to beautiful hotels. I don't care what anyone says. You can call me a hotel snob. You can call me whatever you want. Like my husband, he would tell everyone. I'm like, I'll, I'll take that title. That title doesn't bother me. <laughs> I love a nice hotel because the thing that people don't recognize when it comes to me in hotels, when I go, my hotel environment teaches me how to be a bit better business owner. It teaches mm-hmm. me how to give a high level experience to every potential lead that's in my orbit. And this year we went to the Ritz Carlton and Grand Cayman. And I remember when I went there, a lot of people on vacation rest. My resting is getting to know the staff. That's what I do. You, I don't, I don't, I can't explain it, but the energy I get from it is amazing. And when I went there, I met so many people who of course are international because they come to this hotel to mm-hmm. work, to bring back money to their home, wherever they're from. And they're from all over. And the Ritz Carlton has such a quality when it comes to companies comes to customer service that they're all trained in a certain way. So what makes me respect and love them is we're on the beach. It's 90 degrees. I'm in a swimsuit and I'm still hot. <laughs> they're covered in like t- not t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, khaki, mm-hmm. long pants. They have their socks up, sneakers and a hat. And I'm like <laughs> You're serving me with a smile. You have to be really hot because I'm hot and I'm half dressed. Yeah. Would I not want to know who you are? Like this is a whole level of sacrifice. Who you're sacrificing for? What's happening? Tell me, tell me, tell me your story. How did you get here? And I remember speaking to one person and he had one, he's from Serbia. And I had a friend from Serbia. So we connected. And him telling me his story, he's tried to get there two or three times and he was feeling the English test. Mm. And the third time he made it and he's been with them for two years and now he's leading a team. And I'm like, mind blown, right? Mind blown because he struggled. It mm-hmm. wasn't easy, but he kept moving forward and he accomplished something he wanted to accomplish. And now he's here serving me. So when I pay for this luxury, I never go, it's expensive. I'm happy to pay for it. I am so happy. People, you don't, you won't ever get me. You don't ever have to get me. I'm happy investing in this environment because then when I go, they take care of me in a way that I go to other hotels I don't get. And Mm -hmm. I'm taking care of the people who are working there, taking care of me Mm -hmm. by the investment I make. And I get to enjoy that with my girls and my family, my husband. So my girls are having such an experience that when they grow up, of course, they might be snobs. They may not be. I don't know what they're going to be, but I know they had a different experience than I had. Mm -hmm. So it's an all around thing. And that's why Profit First is really good. Having that extra income to supplement and do things you always wanted to do that you couldn't do before. Maybe you didn't have time. Maybe you didn't have enough, you know? So that's how I use my profit. I love that. I love though. I love that you're using it for experiences and that you get to share that with your daughters and you're setting such a beautiful example. It's so important for our, the future generation to be able to have this 
for us to pass this on to them, the financial literacy and the abilities that we have to be independent, to make our own money and to enjoy the money that we do have just by allocating it appropriately. Like I always say, when we look at our backend financials, we need a system in place. We need that SOP. It doesn't work without it. And a lot of entrepreneurs, unfortunately, don't have it. So I love how you put it all together. You've combined the mindset with the management and multiplying the money. It's such a beautiful example. And the legacy that you're leaving for your daughters is amazing. It's just, it just gives me chills just thinking about the opportunities that they're going to have because of the beautiful example that you've set for them. When you think about um, your advice, I liked how you talked about, you know, taking the action, reading the book, taking the action, mm. putting it into that wisdom, gaining that wisdom and actually doing the work, right? Because mm-hmm. there's work. Okay, you don't become an entrepreneur and not do any work. You have to do work. <laughs> what is yeah. one financial um, tip that you can share with the audience that really helped you in your path? Reverse engineering finance. How that works is how much do you want to make in your upcoming year? So for me, say, for example, it was 100K. And in knowing I had to make 100K, I would look at it and go, okay, what's my offering? What's this product, digital or physical product I'm creating? What value am I giving for this 100K? And I would create that product and know that, okay, this product's going to be sold at maybe 7,500. Then you take that 100,000 divided by 7,500 and you get that number. That number tells you how many clients you need to have at 7,500K. So whatever that number is, I don't have a calculator, but say for example, that number was maybe 12 or 13. Out of how many millions of people in the United States of America, you only need like 12. Therefore, that takes away a lot of pressure because you only Mm -hmm. need 12. So how do you put yourself in environments where there are 100 people and you network with 24 people and you get Mm -hmm. them into your orbit? If you have a 50% closing rate, you'll get your 12. And that's why tracking and measuring is so important because if you know your closing rate, then you can kind of assume how many people you need in your funnel and close. Mm -hmm. So the one tip is reverse engineer. Stop, Stop battling yourself by going, I want 100, but you keep doing small jobs here and there. You have no idea how many, you you don't know, but you don't know because one, you might have not taken the action to finance, like reverse engineer, mm-hmm. you've heard of it, but you've never sat down and did it. And then maybe you didn't do it. Cause you're like, I don't have a clue what to do. This doesn't sound right. It's too easy mm-hmm. to make sense. Cause that's the thing. That's the real thing. Sometimes things sound so easy. And you're like, that can't be it. Nikisha. there has to be more. No, there isn't more. <laughs> you get that number and you focus on that number. And that number is on your wall. And every time you have a lead and you get the one, you check it off, you, you track it. Yes, we got that one. That's towards my 100K goal. The other thing too is you have the 100K goal, but how are you divvying it up? Mm-hmm. Okay. So say that I had 50,000 that would come back to me as of my paycheck. The other 50, I could do 25,000 retained in the company that goes back into your marketing, that goes back into your expenses. And then you have another 25,000 that would actually be, I had retained expenses marketing, I think, sorry. So 25,000 in marketing, and then the other 25 could be your expenses. That's what I had. 
So let me repeat that again. You have 100K, 50K is your income, your annual income. Then you have 25, that would go towards all your expenses. The people you hire to help you do the job, yes, hire people, but that's a whole nother episode. And then <laughs> the other 25,000 would be go retained earnings. So retained earnings just means that it goes into marketing, getting yourself out there, all the conferences you're going to so you can network and connect and meet more people and get them into your funnel. When you network, you're, look, you're not looking, but you're looking for connections but you're mm -hmm. also finding the simplest way to share what you do. So people have you on the top of mind, right? So my whole thing is reverse engineer what your goal is. How many people do you need to get that goal at the price point you have? Whatever the price point is, you determine that. Right. And then after that, allocate it. When you make the 100K, what's the plan and allocating it? If you have no plan for it, it runs out of your hands and you've never seen it and you think you're not making it, but you are making it. So that would be my mm -hmm. potential tip. Well, thank you so much for all of that information. That is very valuable. And I couldn't agree with you more, you know, having a dollar, having a job for every dollar is so important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you visualize your business, the future of it, and how do you want it to be? If it was a brick and mortar, what would it be like? What's the experience? And, you know, really feeling into that and getting all senses involved, but then having a plan for that money. Cause yeah, anyone can say, I want to make hundred K, but what are you doing with hundred K and reverse engineering that and planning on it? Okay. This is what I want to do. And using percentages really gives us that mindset of, okay, because it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it. And when you apply the percentages, every single dollar that comes in, is going to get that same loving, kind treatment. And that's how money wants to be respected. <laughs> it's, it's all about, imagine money as a person. How are you going to make it feel special? How, you know, my mom used to say money goes where money is. And I was like five years old and I raised my hand. I want to be where money is. And, you know, I got to do that. I, I got to do that because I used to do that at a very young age and to connect with money. It doesn't mean money and I don't get into fights. I mean, there's sometimes money and I don't see eye to eye, right. <laughs> especially with what's going on in the stock market right now. But of course, that's another podcast. So thank you, Nikisha, so much for sharing um, all the wisdom, all the wealth, your tips and strategies. Um, what's the best way for our audience to connect with you? You are welcome to connect with me on Instagram. My handle is at NK focus, F-O-C-U-S, period, um, formula, sorry, N-K, focus, period, formula. So that's where you can definitely DM me. You can follow me, um, ask me questions, happy. And when you look at my bio, I have two other, I have two other businesses. I do my podcast and you have a link to that and my design house. Um, and that's pretty much it. And in the show notes, Lisa will have all the information there for you. And I would love for you to join my red carpet experience challenge. And you're welcome to sign up for that as well. Yeah, beautiful. Thank you so much. Yeah. So if you're listening, check the show notes, connect with Nikisha, hop on over to Instagram and be sure to give the show a five-star review and share it with your friends. And remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's what you do with it.
Hey, hey, hey. Thanks for tuning into the show. Give us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Get ready to activate wealth. Be the next millionaire with a simple adjustment of your finances using an energetically aligned money multiplier system. You get to build wealth by partnering with money. It's time to have fun with finances. Pick a date. The link is in the show notes to book your wealth activation call where you will get the one solution to multiply your money. Remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's what you do with it.